You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 12. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode number 12 on the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this podcast is designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. And gosh, today I am so excited to be introducing to you another incredible guest with a super inspiring story and message to share about how she discovered purpose and got to be doing the work she does in the world today. Our guest has such an impressive list of qualifications that it's difficult to introduce her and impossible to limit her to any title. Nevertheless, I will try my best to convey just how much I appreciate, respect and am inspired by her mission and message. So today's guest is none other than my beautiful friend, sister and like me, a devoted student to A Course in Miracles, Gail Loveshock also known as G-Love. Gail describes herself as a down-to-earth spiritual mentor who creates spaces for people to be held and together. She is trained with the likes of Tony Robbins, Dr. Robert Holden, Russ Hudson. She's a qualified family and wedding celebrant, quantum meditation and kundalini yoga teacher. She's Enneagram certified, trained in EFT, life coaching, happiness coaching, intuitive coaching, Reiki master teaching, and in Kuan Yin healing. Gail is also training as an interfaith minister, which we talk a lot about in today's conversation. And a big focus of her work is creating the space to help people move from what she calls the voice thief to voice freedom. And this is actually how I was first introduced to Gail's work. So I met Gail in 2017 through the goddess space, which if you remember episode number two with Anushka Florence, Gail led a workshop there. She was gathering with a group of women to talk about voice freedom, which is finding your voice. At that stage, I was finding myself with so much to say, but experiencing blanks when it came to expressing what I had to say. From that beautiful meeting, I walked away with a completely different perspective and understanding of the voice, and as I mentioned in this interview, have been able to reclaim my voice through this podcast, online, and in conversation, and also, importantly, now trust in those blanks that I was receiving. You see, voice freedom is not always about using your voice. It's about having the power to choose how and when we use our voice, because freedom is always about choice. Now, Gail has a really interesting story because while her work today as a spiritual mentor sees her working with clients on a whole range of topics, including voice freedom, she recounts during the episode that she actually considered as a young adult formally training for speech therapy and ended up anyway working in this area, but in a non-traditional way. Gail has a way of expressing very complicated and complex topics in a down-to-earth, easy-to-understand 
understand humorous and beautiful way. She is a gifted storyteller and if you are ever gifted with the presence of her company, you will see how her words come through her and you hear exactly what you need to hear in that moment. In this episode, we discuss so many wonderful topics. Here is just some of them. Gail's journey from infancy to adulthood, working as a professional dancer, actress, arts producer to the work she does in the world today as a spiritual mentor, healer and interfaith minister in training, how to love yourself, how to tune into your soul voice, the importance of contrast, oneness, love in action and non-attachment, the cycle of waking up spiritually and the cycle of intimacy, community, family and ministry, emotion, pain and pleasure, the power of storytelling, Gail's advice for discovering purpose, what everyone is getting wrong when it comes to journaling, writer's block and why it doesn't really exist, and the importance of trust, perspective, receiving and letting go and why we can't do it all. I encourage you all, my beautiful listeners, to listen all the way to the end because Gail comes out with some pretty amazing content and overview, I guess, about creation, change, life and how we find relief as humans. It's really, really beautiful. This is such a delicious episode and I'm so excited for you to hear such a loving, welcoming, nurturing and forward thinking view of purpose, truth and how we create change in our world that is so deeply aligned with my own beliefs and of course the create a life that is beautiful philosophy which is that we discover purpose through following what we love, enjoy and are inspired by. Because remember... Life is meant to be fun, and that is how we do our best work. Now let's dive in to the episode. Hi, Gail. Welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. So good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here as well. And so just to get us started, could you let our wonderful listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you are creating in the world today? Sure. So as we were saying, just a tiny, tiny question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I uh, am Gail Loveshock. I'm a spiritual mentor, a very down to earth spiritual mentor, um, and basically working with a variety of different people who want to go, who want a buddy to walk across their bridge from their now to their next. So what I'm creating is a really sacred place to do that. And what I mean by that sacred place is just somewhere that we can gather as a two or perhaps in a group or online or offline that essentially just feels very rich, nourishing, held, safe, confidential also. And just a place where I am being blessed to spend time also training as an interfaith minister, which I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about as we go through the call. But the space that is um, held there by the very experienced tutors is one where it's not even that there's anything there to hide. There's there's just everything wants to get its voice and be heard. And that's so much of what I create as well. So I help a lot of people, particularly women, find their not find their voice, but remember their words. Mm. And so going from what I call the voice thief, when we don't have a voice, through to voice freedom. 
And part of what I believe I'm also creating is is a new ministry, essentially, is it's a, a contemporary version of ministry that is not being born through organized religion. So and it's a topic that is becoming more and more uh, well, it's a desired topic. People want to talk more about it as well. And essentially, I'm also waking up to co-creating the richest experience and most ecstatic, radically intimate life that I can have mm. this time. And bear in mind, you know, I'm almost 40, so it's taken me a while to suss that one out. <laughs> but, you know, thank goddess it's now, right? You yes. know, um, I wouldn't have known how to do that at 20, but I definitely, I had an inkling. I knew there was a something, but, you know, I made lots of alternative choices, which took me down lots of different routes instead. But the thing about those different routes are they, they are the roots to my tree. They are the roots to my thickened trunk, you know, so they were really important. They were really, really important and, and none of them were wrong. And and I think that's such an important part of what I'm creating as well is is that acceptance, that integration, and then that moving with as opposed to moving away from. So that's I absolutely yeah. love how you've just described that that integration and acceptance and moving mm-hmm. with because I think that's mm-hmm. it's so easy when you um, make a big change in what you're creating in your life to um, w- regret where you, the life you've lived up to that date and really uh, to be able to move on and and in a way that feels free, we have to be able to love and accept ourselves fully and that includes everything that's gotten us to this point today. Absolutely. And, and you know, the big thing for me in my falling in like with myself in the first instance you know because falling in love can you know being with love sitting with love you know we use these phrases falling in love like it's somehow outside of us and that's that's such a huge part of my own experience and and the work that I do with a lot of, of people this idea that love is not it's not like it's over there like a puddle that you're just you know you might splash through accidentally it's this idea of being with love you know, sitting in love? What if you stood with love or stood in love? And and that might begin with like, you know, because you might have, you know, you might have got yourself into a um, a situation where you don't, you don't believe you know who you are anymore, which is very much, you know, that lower nature, that small mind, Buddha would call it, or ego, Jung would call it. And so if those are the voices that have really gotten into your to your mind and they're the ones that are chatting to you all the time, the soul voice, the heart mind, you know, the higher nature, the soul self, that voice is like that. The, the, the sort of volume on that radio can often be turned down quite low. It's almost like the static in the background. Mm. And, you know, in this journey that we're all here to experience is being able to have a practice, and we might refer to that as a spiritual practice, but that spiritual practice could be, you know, going and throwing some bars around at CrossFit as much as it's sitting <laughs> meditating, right? You know, whatever you're like, sweat. I think is the best devotion that there is. Essentially, it's just, you know, we've got to get, we've got to get everything moving. But the idea of, um, you know, just being available for 
when we use that language, what can you tune in? What can you tune out? Like that static that's at the back is often where the really juicy channel is. Mm. You know, you know it ourselves when we're, you know, if anyone, you, I have a digital radio showing my, uh, <laughs> showing my, uh, my generational space here. Um, classic FM in the bathroom and jazz in the kitchen, just so you know, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> But there's, you know, there's that idea that we've got to just be a little bit patient sometimes. And sometimes you need to move the radio, right? Sometimes you need to take it to a different location. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is interference. Sometimes you can connect to the station. Sometimes you cannot. That's when you just know that. And then you just, you know, so you switch the radio off and stop listening to all that noise. And then you go about your way. Nine times out of ten, what happens is we go and you switch the radio back on again. You're connected. The station yeah. is there. That is that is probably one of the most colloquial and easy to explain set of words, you know, that we could bring to the table when we talk about, yeah, that, that you know, being with like, you know, again, tuning in, finding that station that's right for you, that one that nourishes you, that one that really feeds you, as opposed to that jagged sound, which really distresses you and, and kicks you, you know, kind of away from who you are. So there's just that softness of, of for me, that's what I mean by tuning in and tuning out often when I, when I use that language. Yeah. And that's so interesting because it's also a tuning into yourself uh, mm-hmm. and away from the noise of everything that's around you that is, you know, pe- other people, uh, just what you beliefs that you've held is from childhood and from beyond. And um, it's, yeah, turning back into, well, what what is that peaceful, calm, uh, loving voice within <laughs> me? And, yeah, I think that's really a great description with the radio because it you, it's not that you are – tuning out forever from these other voices like we have to live and survive and if you want to talk intuition and ego you know the ego is always going to be there it has a job to do and it's there to keep us alive and so we can like tune into that voice or we can tune into the intuition but it's always we need the contrast Mm, mm, oh absolutely and contrast is such a great word I mean you know that I'm you know a big fan of Jerry and Esther Hicks and and all things Abraham magic and if your listeners haven't um you know found any of that then just get on get on YouTube and um you know listen to some extraordinary stuff you know extraordinary stuff yeah and it is when we give when we use um and I love again that you're using that word contrast because I think you know, I do think that we're becoming a bit spiritually lazy and a bit humanly lazy in terms of our language. So it's easy to use positive and negative. It's easy to use good and bad. It's easy to use hard and soft. But actually, you know, if we think about, um, you know, that there are four layers to the ocean, you know, that's the top layer. That's your snorkeling level, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, where things might feel like that. When you get into the second layer, you know, of the ocean, then that's where we start to deepen and lengthen the words that we're using in the language. So contrast, for example, it's neither good nor bad. It's simply a choice about which one suits you better in this moment, Mm. at this day. And I think that's very important um, because interestingly, sometimes if I need to really focus on something, I'll listen to thrash metal so that I could purposely (laughs) tune it out. (laughs) 
and it takes me so much concentration to not hear it that it gets me into this really zen place but it is so loud and barbaric and aggressive and um you know like my beloved will just be like for the love of god Gail, pick another you know you'll hear it through my headphones and i'll be like i've just got to, i've got to focus and he's like is there not another way and i'm like right now no there isn't there isn't you know i'm gonna try that that sounds fantastic (laughs) but that also i think you um mentioned the duality between Mm. and i think uh that's something in our society there's always this polarization you know between people and then we don't see that you know it's it's all of us we're all of this and we have to choose somewhere you know in between and we're not you can't have one without the other but it's still one you know Mm -hmm. it's part of it's part of one Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's not a choice and I think the polarization with is just something that we do across everything you know Mm -hmm. and we've really got to I think stop doing that stop trying to put ourselves in categories that make us separate from each other yes yeah absolutely and and you know for me I think what you're touching on there as well is is I mean it depends where we are in the world um but I think part of what you're feeling into there is also that sense of particularly in the west particularly in the UK there's the sense that there'll always be something better There'll always be something better. So why would you want to be happy with what you've got when there is a when essentially everything around us is designed for the next version? So then that becomes indoctrinated into the zeitgeist. And then therefore we think there's a better version of us to permanently be worked towards, but perhaps never be reached. So whether that's the tech that you use as your phone, whatever brand you align with and whatever happens there, um, you know, whether that's what you've got in your bank balance, whether that's what you've got as your job whether what you've got in your wardrobe where you vacation you know all these different things and even actually most predominantly on dating apps you know the swipeable to be likable you know has created a world where basically you're like no that's not good enough that's not good enough that's not good enough you know um no I want something better I want something better I want something better and then you turn up for that first date and you want it all you know you kind of do you want that almost cookie cutter you know I don't know 2.4 children picket fence but yet at the same time like you really want your independence and you really want to get the clarity and there's this sense of people not understanding yet that it's possible to have it all and that all is what has meaning for you Mm. so it that all might not be all of the material elements which are so important and so delicious because you know there's no taste on the other side so we've got to enjoy all of this <laughs> marvelous there's no cacao in heaven alas <laughs> you know there's no whatever tickles your fancy basically you know there's no uh, yeah no no cheeky beers or red wine or um, kale you know on the on the other side um but yeah there's just this really wonderful opportunity to be with what there is which is you know our gratitude practices are really important but actually they've they've also watered down everything so you know writing your three things that you're grateful for really important but is it true Mm. is it really true like are you really sitting with you know I don't know like your favorite mug even though with not with non-attachment but being like this tea is is really you know 
is a tea that I love, but without really it being preference and without it being attachment. Because, you know, Zen Buddhism teaches around when we're in mind of preference or mind of attachment, we are then in little mind, which takes us away from the oneness. Because again, we think there's something better. And we, the individual, the small eye ego, will do everything it can, like Scrappy do, to keep us in that place of separation. And that's, you know, that's also what I love that you're feeling into there as well. And, and as a as a society, that's what we're feeling into. Um, and it's just, you know, there's just, it's such a rich landscape to explore for not what only is right for you as an individual, but you within your community. And again, you within your ministry. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to be a vicar or a rabbi or a priest or a nun to be in your ministry, to be working with your flock, to be of service with your community. Mm. It just means you're really aware of, of what the contrast is and mm. what will helpful and what future self will say thank you for yeah and when you talk about um your ministry what mm. do you mean by that well we'd use the word community mm. you know or um you know it's funny that like, we've used the word across social media tribe for quite a yeah. long time but i um it's not a word that i've ever felt comfortable with because it um I think it does have racial connotations and I also think it has um, separation connotations as well. And I think there is a sense of us and them, like find your tribe and love them hard. For me, the subtext of that is because there's a different tribe of people that won't understand you and won't love you in the same way. But again, you know, if we come back to this, this consensus of oneness, um, you know, then then the idea of ministry is is essentially what I am being educated, trained in, nourished in, is to be able to sit also at that seat without it sounding like a joke, you know, like a rabbi and nun and a, you know, and a representative of Allah walk into the pub and then, you know, these types of things. <laughs> it's, because it's about what unites us. It's not about what separates us. Mm. So this is what ministry is about for me, what unites us, not what separates us. You know, truly, we are all looking to be loved. We're all looking to be held sacred and we're all looking to feel very, very safe. We have forgotten and essentially we have been put to sleep. You know, we've been inoculated by marketing, by by lots of different things over the years, you know, that has put us to sleep. And we have when we're talking about, again, the radio, when we tune in and we connect, that's us waking up. Mm. That's a moment of weakness. We'll have that wonderful integration, perhaps with with ourselves, with our community, with inspiration, with the muses. And then we go back to sleep mm. and then we go about our day to day, you know, and we get you know, we get pissed off with the world and we do whatever needs to be done and we forget to buy milk and there's no tea in the cupboard, you know, and then we wake up again and we remember there's another connection and other opportunities. Mm. Ministry for me is really this wonderful opportunity as a woman, you know, in 2018 to reclaim ministry, which was women's originally many, many, many moons ago, as was the word, you know, minister, as was the word temple, you know, and but for us to gather together, you know, I'm really, um, the future is all of us. And so for me, it's really important that we do this as a whole family and as a whole species, because essentially that's, for me, that that is the way that we'll get there through compassionate living, through love in action, through soft front, strong back, Zen Buddhism, also Brenny Brown, you know, yeah. they're, 
know, it's interesting. Brenny's really brought that language forward to us that it is it is a devotion as part of a vow of social and love in action Zen Buddhism, soft front, strong back. You know, so we can go to the jungles of Calais and we can be with those people who spit, you know, and who are angry and who are throwing down aggression because they feel like strangers are turning up mm. into an environment that is misunderstood. And we can still be with compassion and sit down side by side and say, I have a sensation of me being here to help. How can I help? Is there anything I can do to help? Or is this making it worse for you? You tell me. Mm. No assumption, no presumption, no attachment. So really that's ministry, you know, and it's very in its very beginnings, it's very, very beginnings, these tiny little seeds that have all been planted. And what that will become, we'll we'll see, you know, we'll see. So That's so beautiful. You've given me so much to think about there. I I really love that, but particularly that yeah, the emphasis on oneness and um, avoiding that anything that could be separation. I think that's so important and so beautiful. And um, yeah, you touched on as well how these were also uh, terms and positions that women held, you know, um, some time ago. (laughs) And um, I mean, we can go into that. But I think what would be really lovely is to talk about how, like, what were you always doing this work? Or how did you come (laughs) across this work? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I suppose the answer is yes and no. <laughs> so I was I was born like this. I came in very intuitive, really all-knowing. Um, as a tiny toddler, I used to just always want to hold people's faces and, and just look at them. You know, I had a real thing about people facing me and um, I had a real thing about getting organised. Apparently, when I was two, I sort of slapped my little hands on my knees and turned to my gran and said, let's get organised, gran. And she was like, uh, oh, OK, OK. <laughs> what are we doing kid and I was like I don't know I don't know well we're gonna get organized you know um so <laughs> so um I so for me yes I mean I was very I was very intuitive I was very able to to understand people I it was it was very difficult for people to surprise me as a child as well I mean we, we might refer to it as um clairaudinant or or psychic yeah. or or t- Pathic now but I always knew what things what birthdays and Christmases you know I always knew what was wrapped up and what was in them and things like that so it was just you know and I always I could always have a sense of where people were about and again this sense of something else this sense of something else but as is often the way we go to sleep you know puberty comes adolescence comes by then I had really I'd really connected into the elements and the elementals and, and I suppose we might refer to that as womancraft or or you know Wiccan or even witchcraft or goddess craft in its sense. You know, but this idea of um of, of journaling before anybody was talking about journaling, you know, mm-hmm. at thirteen burning rituals and of different things and vision boards and, and all and all of that. Um and then, yeah, sort of, I, you know, my my actual path across probably the last twenty years is that. So I trained as a dancer and an actress, and then I came out and did quite a lot of performance around that. And then I became very interested in arts funding, so worked with a lot of charities. I was the deputy director of a um, of a, a lot of UK organisations. So I was director of a huge um, dance and performance project, the largest in Europe. And then I was deputy director for a huge governing body for 
for dance and I raised 9.2 million for culture. I was a, then a producer for London 2012. Um, and then I was um, working as a freelance um, luxury producer, <clears throat> excuse me. So I was working and traveling the world and working with big brands, Graf Diamonds, Lamborghini, um, different phone companies, opening hotels, you know, all, all these yeah. sorts of things. So, uh, working um, also as a wedding coordinator and a wedding planner and amongst that, because it all tallies in, I was working with royalty and A-list celebrities and, and lots of different elements elements there. At the same time, I began my, what I think of as esoteric training, also about, you know, to a formalized training, if you will. So originally, um, you know, Reiki master teacher, emotional freedom technique, magnified healing, Healing, traditional coaching, life coaching, and then was also working with people like Tony Robbins, Dr. Robert Holden, um, and then just taking different dives into things, then into the Enneagram, um, then into happiness coaching, then into something else, something else, and then and then working, really finding very specific mentors and teachers around the elders who I wanted to, to learn from because um not everything can be taught in a certifiable way and that's really important and that's also part of although I'm in training both as a spiritual counselor and as a and as a minister uh, and they are recognized to a you know a um a certifying body with a you know a legal system and the and etc etc but actually so much of what comes from that is the interaction with extraordinary teachers and and elders and so then I think it was about only about three years ago or something like that. And I'd, I should also just say, and we don't we won't go into it because um, but just I had an an unnecessarily amount of traumatic um, experiences and also um, accidents that were constant, almost like Carly alarm bell slaps around the face. Wake up, kid. You're on the wrong path. You're not supposed to be sitting, you know, um, in in government having conversations with the Department of Health, which was all really wonderful. And what, you know, kind of part of what I was doing. But you're supposed to really be out there gathering and working and working the way that you're supposed to which is that therefore over the last few years then been this emergence of um, a really, you know, down to our spirituality, spiritual direction and life strategy mm-hmm. is how I've recently been speaking about it. And the language around it often changes. I mean, geez, Louise, just, you know, go to my Instagram bio once a week and you'll just be like, well, what does she think she is this week? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because again, there's no... The, we sort of need descriptions, but we don't need descriptions. But essentially, it's I'm I'm here to help. Mm. You know, there's a I'm uh, for me. I'm really you know excited about moving in May into my fortieth year. I'm really excited about this idea of saging as opposed to aging. Mm. You know, and I'm really I'm really interested in moving you know through the goddess years into the crone years and being available now as our more awakened generations come through, which we're seeing in every direction to evolve into you know that elder that sage state over the next gosh 20 30 40 years goddess willing if if not more to to just again to be in this place of being able to guide to gift to help people tune their radios in to get them from their now to their next to walk with them into the great unknown into the great mystery um so yes in part i've been like this and 
and the other and and I did shut things down and what I mean by that is I ignored my talents and you know ignored things that were going on which just always led to to more heartache essentially and now I'm very much in deep relationship with my own craft and what that means and how I work um, and how we call that it doesn't you know to me that doesn't matter so much but essentially um I will see things before you do. I won't always tell you what they are. <laughs> it's not for me to answer what your path will look like, but it is definitely for me to sit with you and be like, hey, I love this first quarter of your spiritual map. How's that worked out? <laughs> do we do we want to look at what the next two centimeters of that are? Great. A millimeter. Okay, a millimeter. Great. Not a, Or do you want to reflect on the path trod? You know, and it's also, you know, the Knights of the Round Table, when they went to find the Holy Grail, they were told not to take the path already trod into the forest. They were guided by Marilyn. They were guided, you know, by the great beings to take an untrod path. So that for me is also where I sit. I sit in the untrod path at the crossroads of you. Mm -hmm. And then together we'll work out which direction we go in for now because none of them are wrong yeah. none of them are wrong as we said earlier no root is wrong it will power your trunk so that you can bear all that fruit every single you know summer season every single summer season of your life so that you're nourished nurtured connected loved awake you know in in connection in communion and again just making this space that there is even between you and I here for this great mystery of who knows what it is yeah. because we don't need to it's not you know again it's not our job we can all we can do is say what God is not we cannot say what it is mm. our job that's so interesting. And I think that's so important with when we're doing anything that's uncertain, which when if anyone uh, has a calling to do something different to what they're doing, it's also um, painful in a lot of ways too because it's asking us, yeah, to leave behind what we know and what's certain and to walk into the unknown potentially. And that's why what you're creating and being there for people to walk with them through that process is mm -hmm. so beautiful and i i just think that that work is so valuable uh, because mm -hmm. it is super frightening and it's enough to make people not take that first step mm, absolutely and waking up is painful you know i mean even this i've just i've had a weekend of minister magic school as i call it you know just behind us and and i i, I think i cried for most of the weekend because I, it was i knew i had to wake up and it's not always easy it's just not and it just that crying isn't isn't again it's neither a, it's neither a good nor a bad thing it's just the, the body being able to express that there is some fear you know because what what will happen if I don't live my life? I mean, and what's absolutely delicious about that course, and, and I'm really trying to work out how to incorporate it into sort of like my own literature, is that um, before you join and in, in, in the books, you know, it says, you know, this course is perilous to your life as you know it. <laughs> true you know one spirit interface ministry is perilous to your life as you know it because it's not going to stay the same and isn't that glorious you know isn't that glorious but here's the thing about pain nine times out of ten we are already in pain mm -hmm. we're already in discomfort we're already 
in a place of irritation, dissatisfaction, and disconnection, which is which is separation from the oneness and perhaps even the God of your understanding, you know, because again, there's no right or wrong around this, but this deliciousness, the God of your understanding could be goddess, could be the fairies, you know, could be Gucci, I don't mind, it could be whatever. <laughs> be whatever you want it to be could be beauty could be art could be the ritual of of science as much as the ritual of of mass you know so again it's where these things lie for you but but I, i have found in my own life that you know even if my body starts to feel um inflammation or tiredness that's because i've gripped and i've thought small mind again i the small i i have to do this on my own i have to work this out no one understands me there's nobody for me to talk to about this stuff nobody gets it how am i going to do this how am i going to solve this how am i going to move from this job to this job how am i going to come out of university and go here you know i'm 18 and i i just feel immediately called to go and work with light grids or cacao and I want to go to Peru but everyone around me is saying I have to go into organized education like how do I do this how do I do this and there is you know there will be pain either way you know that it will be painful if you go through that again that route that is perhaps not necessarily the route that you think that will get you to where you think you want to go in that moment and there will be pain saying no thank you to the people who've loved and supported you for your entire young adult life by saying hey I know we might have been working to this plan for me to go over here but actually I really I just really feel I would love the opportunity to go over here. You know, this just this wonderful young adult opportunity for negotiation through adult as much as an adult to adult conversation, open heart again, you know, mm. soft front, soft yeah. back. Not mm. not like you know, being a rebel is a really important part of life if it, if it has social action and love in action with it. If it's mm. just about, you know, kicking up a shitstorm it doesn't really help anybody you know but again that sense of um you know I it would uh, would my I mean it's very easy to look back and think gosh at 18 would I have chosen an, another path but I mean I never expected to go and train as a professional dancer and actually what had happened was I'd went to a, an evening class just to to do something just to meet new community that's always been my thing has wherever I've landed I've been like right what's going on how do I go out and meet people you know how do I kind of work out what this community needs what's happening and then it was the tutor who thought I had potential and you know a month in she came and gave me a letter and she said um this is for you she was like you've got an audition in two weeks for a performing arts degree and I was just like I beg your pardon and she was like just get yourself there and I was like but I don't have any technique and then I'd, I mean I'd done a lot of theatre and I'd grown up and I had worked for the BBC as a as a kid and a young teenager so there is a history of performance and, and all of that the whole way through but I just never thought it was available to me to go and do you know something in in that way um, and then the most peculiar thing or not peculiar but the most um supported part of it being like um, movement wise nothing got past my elbows or my knees so I was like that weird kid you know like at the back just being like oh my god all these people have got like 18 years dance experience and I'm like that weird angle weird angle (laughs) oh what's happening what's happening 
Um, but when we went for my interview, you know, and the, the teachers were asking, like, what was I reading? What theatre had I watched? And how was I involved? And I was like, I'm involved in the community in this way. I'm I'm following my instinct on this. I'm really inspired by these artists. I, I have a great, you know, kind of passion about these elements. And somehow that day they took me to um, the administration office and they offered me a spot there and then. And so then that September, then that was me packing my bags and heading off to to university to study something that I just I didn't see you know didn't necessarily understand how I got there or how it had happened um and technically what I always you know and it was an endurance I was more resilient and probably had more grit than anybody that had had training but technically dance wise I was always definitely slightly down the pecking order but then what happened was it came to storytelling and choreographically I really shone I knew how to tell a story. I knew how to understand what people weren't saying. And then, you know, if you put that into a, a dance and choreographic environment, there's something extraordinary that can then happen in that space and in that time. So that, again, that for me was also a really important part of how I learned people. Mm. You know, and how I understood what people were not saying, you know, so it was just that that expression of the heart that, you know, that courage or courage, that rage of the heart when that comes through in art. And, and that for me was such an important part of my awakening. You know, now, did I stay awake? No, I didn't. I went, totally went back to sleep and went and did, you know, other things. But that that's part of my foundation. And I, you know, I really am very, very grateful for that. So wherever there is no one path, there is a million, you know, there is no one solution, there is a million. And if anybody is feeling stuck or not sure what to do, do you like either do whatever you do, but you know, it might be getting big bits of paper and pens out, it might be going for a walk and list tens or hundreds of things that you're interested in or solutions and write them all down or desires or what you want to do or how you want to feel or who you want to spend your time with or who inspires you and really get really get into it you know it doesn't have to be done in in an hour it could be done over a week or you know the summer holidays or whatever you know and then just go back and go back and go back you know maybe use a different color and circle what inspires you and there'll be multiple many multiple many dimensional opportunities and paths that as one of your next steps you could explore and then all of that is there and you know and do that as often as possible I encourage like everybody to do that I do that all the time me too yeah because just just it's it's like um somebody said to me at the weekend you know life's a bit like a compost bin which is really essential and great compost compost fertilizes the earth and sometimes you've got to go through that compost bin digging for gold because wow. it's in there it's in there and there isn't that just so rich you know I love that exactly <laughs> and uh, because there's so many it can be simple things as well you know very and that's uh, if we talk about joy you know, if you start looking about what actually brings you joy in your life, it can be, you know, sitting on um, your favorite 
chair with your favorite pair of pajamas with a beautiful mm-hmm. cup of tea reading a book you know mm-hmm. that that brings you joy and so if you look at these even simple things in your life and what you like doing on a day-to-day basis if you could do anything it doesn't need to be these really big things like there's so much to be gained and also looking back as a child what you love doing I think that that that's always one of my biggest tips is what did you love doing as a child because uh, chances are nothing's changed Mm -mm, mm -mm. it's so true it's so true and actually even when I was a teenager I I'd interestingly I had explored becoming a um Oh, crumbs, it's gone out of my mind now, but a, um, a speech therapist. And, you know, and so here I am as an, old, an alternative speech therapist. You know, my work with voice freedom is exactly that. And the intricacies of the voice, where the voice comes from, it's the most under-researched part of us. And so it's not that I went down, you know, a traditional route and I didn't go and train as a speech therapist. But, but now, again, you know, the, I've got 20 years of experience of helping people speak. Isn't that? It's just glorious, That's, isn't it? I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's just amazing. And and never as well, my invitation for people would be like, take the, you know, organized religion out of the concept of praying, for example. So if you really feel like you're in an I don't know what to do, this is never going to change. If you're suffering or experiencing anxiety or depression or disconnection, there's a concept called handover prayers, you know, and they're used, um, you know, through the, through Christian, through the um, you know the Catholic Church, but all through also in Hinduism, you know, um, Krishna invited his devotees to hand everything over to him. The, you know, the, the 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 pain and the pleasure. So this idea, you know, that we've got into that prayer is then begging, basically, like, dear God, if you give me this, I will do this for you. <laughs> Like, you know, that's not going to work. Just not going to work. Because it like, it wouldn't work if you went for a haircut. You know, you wouldn't be like, listen, if you give me a haircut, I'll, I'll, do. people would be like, um, no, that's not the exchange. It's not how it works. Um, but handover prayers are this, literally this idea, you know, and for me, it's, it can be dear God or cosmos or universe, or perhaps there's a beloved one that has passed who you really connect with, you know, dear such and such or so and so, or hey, you know, is it, or hi, it doesn't even have to be a dear, you know, it can really just be that. <laughs> You know, I always, there's a, there's a beautiful mini prayer, which is like this, the squirrel prays like this, hey, and then the acorn says, hey, back. And that's how the squirrel prays. <laughs> you know, like that's, <laughs> again, it can be so, it's just, it's about that moment of surrender that it is not up to you, the small eye, the small mind prayer devotion you know rights of conversation exchange practice are such a beautiful tool to be able to to ha- again to hand over thing over i i don't know how to do this anymore i don't know how to be with this i'm really struggling with this i'm really struggling with this whatever the answer is and you will know better than i because I don't know, I really, because I, and you know, and admitting when we don't know what's best for us, wow, that's really powerful. That's really powerful. You know, so I'm handing this over to you. 
I, I welcome resolution however it shows up because again immediately often what happens is we think we want this this and this and this is what's going to fix it you know what we see it we see it in money all the time people think that they haven't got enough you know um, money's too short month is too long no it's can it'll work there's a way to make it work but again if you're constantly thinking i just need to get up the next rung of the ladder so i can earn more money then i can make that fourth week be a-okay that's not what it's about mm. that's not you know that's not what it's about it's really about being aware being with hand everything over see what's possible and again, particularly with journaling, you know, something I've done since I was about 12 is I would I would write to God, but then also I would let God write back, mm. you know, and often what we do in journaling as well. And again, we've just been encouraged through a lot of pseudo spirituality and really well intentioned practices, you know, over recent years is, you know, write in your journal. And then so you slam dunk everything that's really pissing you off and you get it all out or you get everything you're happy, even you're happy about blissful again, pain, pleasure, the contrast. And then you're like, you shut the book. And then the book is there being like, you, um, actually, I've got, I've got something to say. I've got something to say. Excuse me. Excuse me. Love. Hello. On the voice of love. Hello. Please pick up your pen again. So, you know, whatever you're writing to, I'd really encourage that. So, you know, if you're writing to like, dear grief. I'm feeling in deep grief or sadness about this. I'm feeling very, I'm with depression around this. This this is challenging for me. And and, and I, I don't feel like I've got the experience to know how to go forward, whatever it is. Or, you know, so-and-so is really doing my head in. I feel jealousy around this. Why don't I have that? I want to be happy for them, but I'm not. My heart is broken. All these different things, whatever it is. And then new page perhaps even new colored pen and have them write back dear gail this is grief thank you for writing as grief i would like to tell you this i would like to share this with you and even in saying that you can feel it in the conversation then every part of us gets a voice every part of us gets to share now that's divinity that's the great mystery that's the other that's the yin and the yang you know that's the contrast but we are we're shutting ourselves off constantly with almost one part of the practice. So in a peculiar way, we're giving, 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 even in the handover prayers as a giving, but in the dear back to us or in the meditation or in the sweat of devotion or in a million words on 10 million bits of paper that could be you, the millimeter more of the spiritual map, we're allowing ourselves to receive more of ourselves. And in that little miracle right there, in that space, that's where we know how to exhale and then take the next step. And that's all we need. Like that's what we need. It's always so much simpler than we think. And it is almost so much gentler. And that is love in action. Mm. And that is compassion for the self first. Gosh, we need so much more of that. And these are the essences, the qualities. These will truly shape a new world. They will truly shape a new world at, you know, and not because of, I. it would be easy to be like because of boom, 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 but simply these practices, these invitations, these devotions, this fun, this pleasure, you know, even in amongst when we're just feeling the pain, that too shall pass. So will pleasure. Again, you know, it's not like we could stay in orgasm our entire lives. We'd never get anything done. <laughs> never get anything done. We'd probably have a heart attack or so, you know, the, 
again, but you just, you know, there has to be, there's the availability, there's the connection, there's the union, there's the post-calm, there's the separation, and then there's the availability. This is the cycle of intimacy. And we're not very well educated in this. You know, there must be space for us, availability, space for connection, interaction, space for union coming together, creation, you know, the life orgasm. Mother Nature is having orgasms all over the place. Every flower that opens, every drop of rain that comes to us. And then the celebration, the calm, the softness, you know, beautiful we often skip that we often skip that then there must be separation because you know we have to this is not separating from everyone permanently but it is allowing ourselves filling you know allowing ourselves to fill again to then become available you know cycle of intimacy this is something I'm going to be talking more about as time goes on but this is just something to give you know the listeners you know something else to ponder that's so beautiful and actually it's something I've been um, talking about a lot more lately about how important receiving is and creating space and time for that because, um, you know, and that's that's how the cycle works. It's the way the moon works, you know, with the yin and the yang phases. We It's just as important as the, you know, masculine doing do you know action we need that rest and i think for creativity and to hear from our intuition which we all have the ability to do um mm-hmm. it is um, it, it is receiving it's a receiving mode and i mean that just i recently did a theta healing um qualification mm-hmm. and it was it just opened up my mind on so many levels and about the importance of actually receiving in whatever way that comes, because, you know, for intuition, everybody has their own intuitive library. And, but it's the same with creativity and inspiration. It all needs that space where you are receiving it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's so true. And Theta is such a great healing modality as well. So I I love that you're, you're, Mm being an instrument for that and truly that's what we can all be and that really for me as well one of my morning practices is is when I when I well when I wake up so my most recent morning practices of which they they do vary and they do change but something in terms of us circling back to the self-like and self-love is when I wake in the morning I say good morning I choose I choose you you know I choose you and that you know or I choose me and then I choose everybody that's in my life. You know, I choose my beloved, I choose my cat, I choose my mother, I choose everybody, I choose you, I choose you, I choose you, because there's a conscious connection to that. There's a conscious availability that it's not just about me and whatever my morning, as I call it, shitty chitty would like to roll around with. Um, <laughs> there's a real kind of capacity, you know, to come into to come into knowing that we get to choose, that we get to choose. And then in choosing myself, I then choose to be an instrument of the great mystery. And, you know, so I make myself available by that. And what do I mean by that? I simply, you know, either inside my mind or in my morning prayers or ritual, just ask, you know, the great goddess, the mystery or, you know, whatever, whatever we want to call it. Like, how would you like to use me today? How would you like to come through me? I'm totally available what's my jobs, you know, what's my jobs for the day, where's my job list, God, you know, (laughs) come on then, great goddess, Um, 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> but again, this is keeping it very down to earth. There does not have to be a, you know, a sermon a day for us to connect into this possibility, this adventure, this, this creativity. And often I've been, I've actually been um, looking into uh, sort of writer's block and creative block or this concept of what it is, because I'm, and this may be quite controversial to say, but I'm not sure it actually exists. I'm not sure it exists. I think what happens, I think what happens is we simply question that which has come through us. And then in questioning it, we undermine it. So then that puts us back into little mind. Because mm, we're judging we're yes, judging. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think that's so, yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, it's, there's, there's much to explore in this, but but also it, it rather takes the pressure off, which is important. And again, when we think about being in flow, what do we mean by that? We mean, well, for me, that means, again, um, Jerry and Esther Hicks and Abraham, you know, the dropping of the oars, you know, the um, for me, I think about it being more ratty in Wind in the Willows and less Molly. You know, Molly's always, he's so pious. He's always trying to make it difficult for himself. You know, that all that trouble he causes by going out in the snow and then tripping over Badger's, you know, boot taker offer and all, all yep. of that, you know, where Ratty's just like, oh, let's go on the river, Molly. <laughs> for heaven's sake, so. <laughs> totally like the river will take us you know that's that's creativity that's flow that's um you know that's abundance that's prosperity so I think yeah there's just there's something in this about um you know it's when uh, when things come through us and what I mean by you know when we're writing when we're creating when we're speaking if 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 now during this conversation I was just if I was in the back of my mind I was thinking Gail you need to stop talking you're talking a load of hoo-ha right now like stop it stop it stop it then we would be having a completely different conversation you know similarly if we're writing and we see this also, you know, in, in, in exam anxiety, in, in, you know, kind of assessment stress. What's happening is we're second guessing ourselves, thinking that we've, we're going to get it wrong and not trusting that actually level one is being able to articulate that which has been taught. But level two, again, like the second layer of the ocean is allowing it to have become embodied knowledge. So, you know, a belief is something that we are told we ought to have, or I have this belief about such and such and such. Knowledge is knowing. And it's that knowing that allows us to cultivate trust, allows us to cultivate intimacy and relationship with creation. And and for me, a big wake up call recently I had was was in a dream where there was just this idea of like creation. She was sitting opposite me and she just kept saying to me, Gail, um, why do you think it's okay for you to say no to my ideas? And I was like, um, I beg your pardon. And she was like, I'm creation. If I choose you as my instrument, you say yes. And I was like, yeah, why have I been saying no to creation? You know, like who am I to say no to creation, to the great muse, to the whatever it will be? I mean, imagine if essentially every artist, every musician, every maker, 
every designer, they say yes. Mm -hmm. They say yes to creativity when she comes and whispers in their ear. And we know Elizabeth Gilbert yeah, talks about it. Yeah, that's I was just magic. thinking, big magic. Yeah. yeah, you know, the idea of the muses. But but for me, this, this this my version of it was creation, like this golden, extraordinary deliciousness, just being like, honey, if I choose you, then please say yes. And I was like, oh, my God goodness like you know who am I to say no thank you to that oh I love that and that's exactly the same as uh, for inspiration as well you know when we're thinking of what our life purpose is which is you know forever unfolding and evolving but as we're being tapped on the shoulder with like our curiosity or our inspiration if we ignore that you know who are we to ignore that that's going to lead us we just need it we need to trust and that's the that's the hardest part that to do yeah yeah well because what you're really deliciously touching on there is when we don't trust we have gone round again to that place of I must be the one who solve this solves this and I don't know how to because how can we because we're so we're teeny tiny it's you know I again it's like when Moses went to the top of the mount and asked to see God and to hold all of God God said no because Moses was teeny tiny and one one of us cannot hold all of creation we just go poof. we just you know we 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 cannot we cannot we can hold our part of it you know we can hold our part of it and and you know and what's beautiful in the torah and in in the jewish faith you know even god shrunk to create humanity isn't that beautiful so the cosmos shrunk to make way for the holy children, which is all of us. So beautiful. And then every one of us has our our purpose of bringing our light back to God. You know, and that's what it's about. I'm not, I can't possibly go and gather however many people we are on the planet, like 8 billion. I can't carry 8 billion people's worth of light. I can just carry Gail Loveshock's light. And even then I don't do that very well some days because <laughs> we're human because <laughs> we are you know and as you know one of my teachers you know Megan Waterson talks about we're 100% human and we're 100% divine mm. it's you know we're not one or the other we are we are both you know we're wholly human and we're wholly divine and there's such a freedom in that so again when we talk about trust it that's very ambiguous. Well, what am I trusting? What are you asking me to trust? I don't know. You know, I might be quite young. I don't have a lot of life experience. How can I trust myself? Every time I make a decision, small I, something goes wrong. Life is now beating me up in a lot of pain lessons. Or, you know, that person's got more and I think I want it. But again, coming back to if my purpose is simply to show up as a full expression of my life, and by the way, that is what I think each of our purposes is to show up as a full expression, you know, simply of ourselves. If I am to beam like the sun, if I am to say yes to creation, however she or he holds up, if I am to follow these little paths, if I'm to drop the oars like Ratty, you know, if I'm to discover that there is a oneness, that there is a God of my understanding, that there are practices where something can write back to me through my own hand. When I wake up in the morning, I get to choose myself and everyone around me. And therefore, if there are people, things, situations that are around me, which 
which do not work on my sense of the bit of the spiritual map that I can just see right now, I could change that. And there are people in the world who could help me do that. And all I have to do is wake up and take an inhale and someone will hold me for the exhale because that's what creation is. I mean, that right there, again, is how we remember that what we what we are is these incredible, radiant, delicious human beings. This one great life. Alas, we are not going to be vampires necessarily. We don't have 1500 years. We might have 100. You know, this is about, this is the wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And it makes us sad and emotional because it's the truth of waking up. It is the pain of knowing that we must wake up to so much more, to so much more than we could ever, ever imagine. And every day we just have that little, that heartbreak open Mm. and let's add open. Please let's add open when we talk about heartbreak Mm. open. That's where compassion comes in. That's where the light comes in. That's where connection comes in. That's where your community senses the little bat signals. Oh, 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 there's another one of us. Someone else has woken. How wonderful, how wonderful. Let me find my ministry. Let me find my community. Let me find all the tribes. Let me find all the sister and brotherhoods. Let me find the similarities and just help me understand how to not focus on the differences because that's not where the healing lies. That's not where the shift lies. You know, let me be reminded, you know, I too am a, a creature of creation. And, you know, and that for me is... is if I can even do a droplet of that, a droplet, you know, a pipette a day, I will have lived a good life. I will have lived a good life. And will, you know, and that's that is my invitation for anybody who who is in and of the world, who hears this, who connects with me or connects with other people. This is this is our now ministry, you know, this is what it means to be in communion with love. And that's it, you know. Oh. That's so, so, so incredibly beautiful. And I think just there's so much relief in what you've just said. Yes, yes. So much. I think anyone listening will feel that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hope that they feel because uh, there's just, there's so much magic and, and we don't know when, because we only know what we know, so we don't know how great things can get and mm. and the beauty of the contrast. And that's just my wish for every single person, that they get to experience that absolutely. truly. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, mine too. It's my prayer for all of us that, yeah, every day we feel that relief and that's it. That's, you know, that's that's where the healing gets in. Mm. It's it's exactly that, the the. The armor dissolves because we don't need it. You know, we don't need it. It's okay. And that's not to say that there won't be pain. There will. But there will be pain either way. Mm. There will be pleasure either way. And, you know, the, the trick of the growth is to is to cultivate the soil that's gonna which is gonna make that all okay for you. But knowing that it will pass, you know, knowing that it will all be okay and knowing that again, none of us are alone. You know, none of us are alone and that there is, you know, 
there there are so many of us who are now in these walls you know on this edge this lonely edge as we have one half of the world who still thinks the world is flat and another we're all like no no it's definitely round science <laughs> yeah, yeah let us bring all of the holy triangle of science art and religion you know faith belief trust awe to be in the awe of it yeah you know when we're in that place it just is it's that wow what a ride you know what a ride yeah. and that's again that's what I that's what I hope for everyone who's who's listening now or, or in the future or in time when when you know a thousand golden pennies drop or more however are needed but yeah and just I do I wish everybody great peace great great softness and so much fun you know so much fun as well along the way yeah life, life is meant to be fun as well yes. you know it's just as important <laughs> make time for fun guys <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah oh well thank you so so much I think this is a really beautiful um, place to end and I mean there's just so much in here that I know will help um, our people listening and I just want to really really thank you for your work because you uh, personally really helped me in finding my voice that was how I first was introduced to you and there was so much power in just in also learning from you that, you know, to trust in the silence that was mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've really found my voice and I I really do. Um, I, I feel just so grateful for you for what, what you gave me. And thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. And, and thank you. And and may that voice speak to many, many souls along the way as well. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. So there it is, my friends. If you listened all the way to the end, well done. And I know you were probably feeling super inspired after listening to that incredible, beautiful, and so delicious interview with Gail Loveshock. I absolutely agree that we cannot expect as humans to be able to fully see and comprehend the meaning of life and our part in it without learning to trust, receive, and listen for guidance. I also am so aligned with Gail and her idea about community and and ministry. One of my pet peeves in life actually is excluding people and dividing ourselves up. This is all about fear, in my opinion, and I always want to offer a welcoming space for all. We all have such incredible stories to share. We can all learn from each other. And I agree that the future is us and we cannot do it all ourselves. So let me know what your thoughts are on this episode and the issues raised and come and chat to both Gail and I. We would love to hear from you. You can learn more about Gail and her work over at gailshock.love and that's G-A-I-L-S-C-H-O-C-K and connect with Gail on Instagram at gail underscore loveshock. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash G hyphen love. And if you are someone who resonates with the creator life that is beautiful philosophy when it comes to finding your purpose, I invite you to sign up for my weekly newsletter. I send you a little note every Sunday with a tool, resource or inspiration to help you create a life you love, enjoy and are inspired by and to discover and show up for your purpose. 
When you sign up, you also get access to my 21 actions to help you create a life you love, enjoy, and are inspired by, which I believe are the foundations for discovering your purpose. I also want to let you know that I am now opening up my books for another six clients to work with me on a one-to-one basis, which you can find out more about at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash coaching. In particular, I work with clients on number one, discovering work that you love, enjoy and are inspired by, which I believe is purpose. And number two, showing up for that purpose. So things like mindset and overcoming buffers, creating the right environment to succeed, etc., etc. So you can also come and hang out with me on Instagram at Create a Life That Is Beautiful or on Facebook at Letitia Ringe. Now, as for me, I have been MIA on all social media for the past week as I have taken the time to enjoy, slow down and be present for a number of family celebrations, including my sister's wedding and finally celebrating my engagement to Lou with some of my friends and family here in Sydney. This weekend, I will be enjoying the long Easter weekend in Sydney also, and I want to wish you all a very happy and safe Easter weekend. I will be back next week with another inspiring episode for you all. And in the meantime, as always, I ask if this podcast is providing you with any value, please make sure you leave a review on iTunes, share it with anyone you think might resonate and get in touch to let me know what you love. Have a wonderful week, my friends, and see you next week for another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose. 